The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games podcast network. This week's episode is brought to you by the amazing folks over at patreon.com slash PSVG. But special thank yous to Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh the Bone Solar Barboni, Dev Tyus, Chris Smacklefresh, Kyle Heyman, Paul Calico, Mike Massick, Zach Bradshaw, and Nick Fahaba. So thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate your love and support, and we reciprocate that love and support right back at you. So if you want to jump in and support us, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG. You can see all the great perks you get, as well as just being an awesome person and supporting a podcast that hopefully you love. And now onto this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of PSVG Prime. It is I, your host, Kevin, and with me, after a week hiatus, Mr. Lucas Rose. Hi, hi, hi. I like how you do that. I feel like you're announcing like announcing my arrival like I'm some... Exactly, like I'm going to put a, a slam jam on somebody, as I like to call it to my son. We're into wrestling now. He's into, like, not oh. into wrestling, but the physical act of wrestling. So there's a lot of... Um, you know, people's elbows, and I don't know why. I just like to say slam jam. I don't think that's actually a thing. The ram jam is from yes. the um, ramrod. Yeah, no, I don't do any ramrods. Uh, that's what. That's how. Never mind. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Pull the ripcord on that one. Uh, where am I? Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm yeah. It's good to be here. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. That's PSVG Prime in a nutshell. Um, so it, it's been a couple weeks, um, since we've really talked other than in, in discord. So it's, uh, it's good to see you. Um, one thing I noticed I wanted to bring up and I deliberately haven't talked to you about this or really anybody else's, uh, last weekend I was watching TV, uh, when, when we go down to the beach house in the summers for the weekends, I don't really sleep super great. So I'm up early. Uh, sometimes it's cause of my daughter and sometimes it's just, I can't sleep anymore. So I get up to not bother anybody else like tossing and turning. Um, and my in-laws obviously own the beach house, but we're there and we have our own spaces and stuff like that, but they have cable, which I haven't had cable in years now. Everything's just streaming for me. So when you want to watch TV, it's a weird thing for me to actually look at the guide and be like, Oh my God, there's so many channels and I can't just pick what I want to watch. I have to look and choose something. Mm -hmm. Um, so my go-to is actually HGTV. That's, that's kind of my go-to. I was like, I'll watch whatever's on. It's like food network. One of those two, but HGTV was on and they were advertising shows. That I have a bone to pick with, Lucas. Okay. So there, there's two specific shows. Um, one is a design show, as most of HGTV is, where you know one of the famous people from their different shows, you know, the Property Brothers, the Twins, uh, or you know, the Fixer Upper folks, or something like that, will in in other iterations will go to your house. They'll hear what you want remodeled. They'll do it for you, and it's a big reveal. You might help during the process. You know, stuff like that. They're all the same, really. Well, what they're doing now is you basically do a video chat with one of them. And you kind of show them your house and they tell you what to do and send you the supplies and you remodel the house and they unveil it to you because of social distancing. They can't really go and do these shows. So they got to have some sort of content other than just reruns. 
Uh, second show is basically the same formula, but it's for people who have organization issues. Like, oh, I have so much clutter, I don't know what to do. And a professional walk them through, well, this is what you're going to do. And they'll send you the supplies, but you do it yourself. And then you show them. And like the reveals flip because the designer is the one going, oh, my God, you did such a good job. Blah, blah. You followed instructions. Yeah. Um, so basically, the show is you watch people on webcams and they basically tell you what you should and shouldn't do and they get money for it. Lucas, we've done that for years at this point and nobody's giving us money. We're telling people what games they should and shouldn't play. Our presentation, yeah, we're not we're not always live, but when we are is literally the same thing as what we're looking at. Like I'm looking at you right now. This yeah. is what the show is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think HGTV owes us some royalties or something. I think it's copyright infringement. You know what? Yeah, in broad strokes, I agree. And I actually was going to tell you that that couch back there does yeah. not go. I mean, it's too. Oh, it you doesn't. Need, you need a more bold color of couch that just kind of blends in. And you want it to be the centerpiece of the room. Right? So funny story is I actually have a slip cover coming for the couch. That's going to be a like almost like teal color, not like bright teal, but like a muted teal, like a dark teal. So yeah. next time you see that couch, Lucas, it is going to be. I'm excited. We need to uh, have the reveal. We will stream it, and okay. I will tell you what I think. Okay, and you someone will pay me five thousand dollars. Okay, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a video show next week so everybody can join in on the fun. I love it. We'll do like a before and after. We'll call it teal or turquoise. That's Ooh, the Caro's favorite conversation. Yes. Yes. Um, Great so debate. Actually, yeah. So I'm going to reach out to Brian, Caro's husband, and see if we have a case here because I mean he's he's our PSVG resident lawyer, so. I'll we'll have to keep you updated, but yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right on all accounts. So, I mean, I typically am. I'll just be waiting for the, the money in my bank account. That's usually what I do. No, no, no. See what I'm going to do is if we do win this is I'm going to set up one of those little wind tunnel things. You stand in the little box and it's going to blow dollar bills and you have to catch as much as you can in 90 seconds and you get to keep whatever you you're able to catch. Hey, I think payday should always be like that. It makes it a lot more exciting. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, so how how you been doing? It's been a couple of weeks since we last uh, did this. Uh, you know, just when I think I'm doing okay, think something else comes around. I'm having one of those days today where everything seems to go wrong. For no. like it started off where I turned my chair because I have one of those chairs that swivel upstairs in the living room, yeah. and uh, I was watching our our littlest one crawl around, and uh, she's getting into stuff. So I want to make sure she's not you know pulling anything down on herself. So. Mm-hmm. I'm like kind of sideways and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get a drink of my coffee. And I turn and the back of my chair hits my full glass of iced coffee. So it's even more full than regular coffee filled with like coffee, milk, ice, you know, various dairy products, (laughs) sticky, sweet things um, all over the floor. (laughs) Oh, that's yeah, I saw your post that this morning too, and it was like I hadn't even had coffee yet. I'd already been working for like an hour and a half when you posted that, and it reminded me that I need to go get coffee, which I did not, in fact, spill anywhere, um, except in my belly. Um, yeah, um. <laughs> that's one way to say that you drank something. <laughs> I spilled it into my belly. Yep, that's not wrong, thing. right? It's, it's true. Well, I don't know. There's a certain, um, there's a certain uh, not attempting to actually spill a drink you know when you say you spilled something you were not trying to spill something whereas when you're trying to drink something you are trying to put it in your mouth so you could it's like saying i accidentally spilled blank 
Isn't it always an accident when you spill something? It's like okay. implied. I guess. I oh. accidentally drank. <laughs> <laughs> no good. No story that's good ever. Well, that's yeah, I accidentally drank some bleach. <laughs> I thought it was uh, window cleaner. Boy, was that surprised. Anyways, yeah, then I broke some glass and it got caught on my clothing. Oh, so you broke glass too? Yes. Um, there was just something kind of hanging out on the edge of this thing and I was doing something else and I turned over and it hooked on my pocket and it had like these glass containers and they all fell to the ground and smashed. Just like, what else? It's one of those days where you're like, I should not attempt to do anything where you like put something together or make something or... And here we are doing a show. Yes, exactly. So the power should go out at any minute here, or my computer will explode or something. So you accidentally swallow your keyboard. <laughs> yes, accidentally <laughs> swallowed. Uh, yeah. So just when I think things are going well, then I then I hit a road bump. So, all but right. we'll, we'll see it through. How about you? I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, last week we kind of both canceled because we had a a lot of DIY last weekend for both yeah. of us. We had our own HGTV going on in real life. We really did. We really did. Um, so I, w- I won't get into those details, I'm sure. You, you can listen to that on Flux, suppose, at least from Lucas's side, which is sure. normally more interesting anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just work is... Well, actually, since we last talked uh, on the air, my my job has gotten terrible. <laughs> they, oh. they, they laid off half, more than half of my entire team. So what was nine people at the beginning of June is now four. Holy cow. Yeah. So, and there's, there's a specific function that I, that everybody on my team would do as part of our jobs that they figured the best way of doing this with the remaining four people while we still continue our transformation over the next four to six weeks. So I still don't know if at the end of this, I'm going to have a job. Um, So they decided to take different things and just say, okay, the four of you that are left, you're going to focus on just this. You're going to do just that. And mine is a function that is time extensive uh, involves multiple parties all having to do what I need them to do and get them to me in a timely fashion, which people have a terrible time doing mm-hmm. and lots and lots of conference calls. So I am banging my head up against the desk pretty much all day. Um, I had to do nine of those conference calls today oh. just to, just to process my, my normal day's work. No. Yeah. And it's, and it's not even like, okay, if I do this, I'm talking to the same two or three people. It's no, this could be, two or three people out of like 3000 people I can end up talking to. So it's never like, okay, you know, Lucas, I have these three things with you. This is what I need from you for each of these vendors. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. Lucas, you got to get me this one. Jason, you owe me this. Uh, Donnie, you got to get back to me on this one before we can even have the call. Or otherwise I'm gonna have to delay the call. So there's a lot of scheduling on my end too. Um, you know, and just kind of having to go 19 different directions to do one thing, but then yep. I had to do that nine times. Like, yuck. Yeah. I don't even like being on the phone anyway. I've discovered that that I, I hate it. phone calls. So I, I do not. It. One time I did it like this, um, and they were basically just like, "Wow, you have an incredible setup." And then it led to the whole conversation of like, "Why do you have all that stuff?" <laughs> and I mean, like nobody was like, "Oh my god," but I was just like, "Yeah, I don't want to have to explain this every time." So I just keep my camera off and I, I actually just talk through, um, actually wear this headset and just kind of do that and have it hooked up to my phone instead. So. It's not as bad, but I still hate being on the phone because having the, these on all day gives me a headache. Staring at the screen all day gives me a headache. Like, especially when I'm on your screen. No, you bring me joy. You're the reason I'm here. I have I had a headache when we started this, and I still do. But I'm tougher. I'm toughening, toughening, toughing through it because of you. Wow, I'm like an elixir, a cure, a cure all. 
apply to the forehead. Care for what ails me? <laughs> well, we should probably talk about video games, I think, at some point. We could. We could right. do that. Why don't you go first? Okay. I don't have a lot to really talk about here. Playing more PS now. Uh, my gaming sessions are no longer brought to you by Humble Bundle. They are now brought to you by PS Now, PlayStation Now, on the PC and the PlayStation 4. Um, playing more The Last of Us. I gotta say, I've put some more time into it. Uh, I don't want to, for those who may not have played yet, and there are still people out there who haven't, such as myself, but I am uh, fairly well into the game, I feel like, because I have traversed some buildings, some some uh, almost they look like bombed out buildings, kind of. Yeah. They're just dilapidated and everything. And, uh, you know, it's been tough. There, I've really enjoyed the cinematics and the story and everything. Uh, but when I've gotten to these stealthy combat sections, I don't know if I'm just not doing it right or if I'm bad at the game. I, I know there's a little bit of it's an it's a what did we say? We seven year old game. Yeah. Now, so there's a little bit of like, this is an old game. And I realize that, but like, I don't know. The combat is just like, sometimes I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I'll try different things, like different orders, because there'll be, there'll be these zombies set up in a room. And it's mm -hmm. kind of clear that they're just wandering around in a certain path or just staying still. And you kind of almost like a stealth game want to go through and take them out because combat isn't such that I feel like I could take out more than two or three zombies with a gun because yeah. they would just run you. Storm you. Yep. Um, so I tried to take out a few of them at a time uh, before, I, before I, you know, alert them all to my presence or whatever. And there was this one section kind of really the first section where you have to do this. Um, and I just was having a heck of a time getting through it. I probably had to retry like 10, 12 times. Ouch. Awful. And then I finally got it and it felt like a fluke because I just was like, all right, I'm just going to not care what I do. And then somehow that worked because I wasn't being careful, but I was still being stealthy. Yeah. So, you know, it's probably moving a little bit faster and realizing, oh, when you're crouched, it really doesn't matter how fast you're walking. As long as you're crouched, they still can't hear you. So it doesn't matter when you like glass or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So or like I was missing grabs where I'm trying to, you know, grab them from stealth and then yep. now, or I get seen while I'm uh, choking them out or whatever. So it's really frustrating. And uh, so I've had these weird stopping points where I'm just kind of like, all right, I need to come back to this, or this is kind of where I'm going to be done for now. Uh, and then I'll tackle it. It's weird because at those moments I kind of hate the game, but then I, I kind of refresh the next day and I'm like, man, can't wait to get back to that game and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. But it, really a weird relationship that i have with the game right now try um, working on distracting the enemies like use your bottle throws and rocks and stuff like that to get them to look somewhere else and and, and get by if you're not feeling powerful enough to, to take them on head on as you can do a lot of that the game yeah. does give you freedom in how you approach what you need to do i um, always forget that you can distract them yeah because it's, it, not, it's not a right or wrong way it's just like if that's not working for you then start chucking a bottle they all run to it and you can get to where you need to go if you want to just elude them yeah, I forget that I have those because they get lost in my inventory yep. when I'm holding something else. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because I'll, I'll see them around the the um, area and be like, oh, I can do that. That's right. Uh, yeah, good point. So maybe I'll try being more distracting instead of more uh, aggressive, I guess. And mol molotovs are great, too. Those are those are key. I mean, 
It's my favorite drink. Yeah. Uh, the other game that I wanted to play and I just kind of started because it's a very easy game to just sit down and play where you don't feel like actually doing much. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of brain power that goes into this game. Uh, Until Dawn. Yes. It's the horror game that's basically plays out like a choose your own adventure horror movie. Um, kind of like a mix between Scream and um, I don't know, Cabin in the Woods or something like that, where mm-hmm. you have um, or maybe the evil dead. I don't know. You have this like lodge that's out in the middle of nowhere and all these teens are going out to, to party in it basically. So mm-hmm. you have that whole thing going on, but at the same time there's, you know, evil afoot sort of, and uh, it's up to you to f- play out what happens. So you play as multiple different characters and uh, you have different choices here and there to make and, has this whole butterfly effect thing going on where every choice you make somehow affects the game or, uh, you know, the story or whatever. And, uh, I'm really enjoying it. I don't know why I, the game actually doesn't run that well. And I was trying to make sure that it wasn't PlayStation now's problem, but apparently, especially in the beginning, when you're kind of learning about all the characters and what's going yeah. on, frame rate is just, Oh, it yes. bar. It kind of evens out later, uh, but you do run into these parts where it like drops down to like 25 frames per second or something. And it's only running at 30. It's not a 60 frames per yeah. second game in the first place. Uh, so I got to keep that in mind too. But it, it wasn't enough to keep me from playing the game. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just you have all these different characters and they all kind of have their own thing going on secondary to trying to survive. Yes. And um, it's been really interesting. And um, oh, Saw. That's what I was thinking of. It's a mix between saw. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's some like trap things going on and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really enjoying it. Really enjoying the story. I don't know if I would go through and play it again because it begs that obviously there's so many different options and stuff, yeah. but a lot of the time I feel like, you know, this is the way my story played out and I want to keep it that way because if I go back and play the multiple different ways it could have played out, then I'm kind of left to go, well, now I have to choose which one I want to be the playthrough that was the one that was really happened or whatever. Plus, the first time is really your choices. So anything else is you're deliberately going saying, okay, this time now I'm going to pick this. It's not like it wasn't your choice. Yes. You're going with the option, the second option, because you want to be different this time. So That's true. You never, I mean, you wouldn't want to pick the same thing uh, twice. It would wouldn't make any sense be a waste of time i gotta say there are times that i'm upset with the game though because i forgot that they tell you early in they're like sometimes doing nothing is the best option yeah uh but you know you get all hyped up and amped up on uh adrenaline while you're trying to escape uh the the bad guy that sometimes you'll you'll have these like targeting reticles that'll pop up and you're and they're timed and you want to make sure you do it a lot of the time there's times that you don't want to and they come few and far between at least in my playthrough so there's this one time i didn't mean to but i did it on accident because it just popped up and my brain went oh oh yeah the deer that are being nice you know or whatever so yeah it was i just like dang it i didn't mean to do that and you can't reload or anything so now it's just part of my story and i just have to live with it so uh i will say i think i've probably put more time into until dawn than i have the last of us Oh, I mean, it's an easier playthrough thing. And like you said, it's, a, yeah. it's, you know, with your time and everything you got going on, it's like whatever's easier to just pop in and go is going to be more appealing right now. I get it. 
Yeah. And it has nice stopping points too, because it's yeah. all chapters and everything. So you're just like, Oh, here's a good place to stop where I'll know what I'm doing or whatever. So yeah, it is much easier and yeah, you're right. It's just easier to play. And so I do. And uh, that's really it. Honestly. Okay. okay. Um, couple things to talk about, and I think I've kind of talked about all these a little bit, so I won't go too, too far. Uh, Last of Us 2, uh, since we've last talked, done, my review is out, all that good stuff. Um, people, as this is available to listen to, the game came out, so uh, people are enjoying that experience. I'm not really going to say anything other than my review is out there. You can go to gamesreviews.com, read the whole thing. Uh, 10 out of 10, Lucas. That's what I gave it. Wow. I can't remember the last time I heard something get a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I, I could not find any fault. Uh, there was no, uh, it, it, this is going to be spoiler free. So nobody needs to freak out. Now my review on games reviews also is completely spoiler free. So it's safe to look at. You won't get anything spoiled for you. Um, graphically how the game runs, there was no issues at all. I didn't have a frame rate drop. I didn't have a stutter. I didn't have a weird texture. I didn't have any pop in like literally nothing. Lucas, like I could not find something wrong visually as I was playing throughout this game. It's crazy how much better games get from the beginning of the generation to the end of the generation. It's yep. like two different experiences completely. Well, no, my PlayStation, my PlayStation sounded like a jet engine because of the <laughs> fans. But I mean, that's that's been the PlayStation anyway. So like, let's be out like that's been an ongoing thing. For me, it wasn't any better or worse than it was with any other game. But I played this entire game with headphones on anyway, um, so that the jet engine word and affect me at all i just knew it, it was doing that um but that brings me to the point is the reason i wore the headphones all the time is the sound engineering in this game was amazing mm. uh you could hear every raindrop you could hear every time you stepped in a puddle like e- the the bullets you know shell casings hitting the ground like everything had a distinctive sound and a feel to it uh whether it was the environment or the combat like it was just amazing to to listen to how beautifully the game was uh, audio engineered um just it, it's Overall, it is a complete masterpiece. You know where people may get divided on is is probably the story, um, but that's every game. You could, you know, hate any story in the game. Like there's so many people that love the original Last of Us, and there are tons of people that didn't like it. So it's going to be the same thing here. So I, I think that's the only part people can question. Where for me that didn't affect my review score at all. So that that's why I gave it a ten out of ten because everything I played you know systematically i could not find any flaws with it whatsoever but i did enjoy the story and the narrative and i think it's one of the a great example of storytelling in a way that even rivals uh cinema today like that's how next level this is wow wow you got me uh jones in to play it then um i will say on on the note of like giving a game a perfect score 10 out of 10 or anything a perfect score uh even though this to me, even though the score is perfect, I don't ever necessarily think from my personal point of view that I'm saying that the thing is perfect. You know what I mean? Cause yes. I don't think anything could ever be perfect, yeah. but I know some people are afraid of giving something a perfect score because then they have to like justify it or it's, I mean, it's any score is subjective. If I gave it a one out of 10, I'd have to, you know, give rationale to that too. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's all personal opinion. So I get that my, my whole point, my reasoning behind it was I see it as a game that in my opinion, whether or not I think it's a game air quotes for you, it's a game you should play. If you have the capability of playing this game, I recommend everyone play this game because of the technical feats, because of just it's, Lucas, it's in a class entirely of its own. It's not a regular video game. It's not, 
you know, you pick up Uncharted and you're like, hey, Uncharted, that was a fun Indiana Jones S type romp. Mm-hmm. If that's Indiana Jones, this is like, you know, the Godfather, like Ben Hur. Like, if you want to start comparing movie, like, it is a whole other level of what it does and how it does it that you do not see in video games today. Now, will there be copycats? Maybe. Do I see somebody else being able to do it as well? No, uh, but it is just on a different level of what they're doing. That what Naughty Dog did here with this game. We need another word for video games that means artsy fartsy, so that because yeah. movies have film and cinema, yeah. and then movies, yes. we need we need a to game be experience. I don't know, like, but yeah, it's, it really was amazing, and and I, it it actually makes me excited to see what they do with the HBO show. I forgot that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's supposedly still following Joel and Ellie's story. So it might be something we've already seen, but the same writer is behind it. So I'm, I want to see what he does with film, actual video versus video games. Yeah. And see if that translates the same way, but just amazing. So I, I and I, I feel bad hyping it up knowing you don't have a way of playing it currently. Um, but it is dude. It's, it's awesome. It really is. Good. That's good to hear because I know, like you said, a lot of people are looking forward to it and it's always a bummer when these things bomb or, or even yeah. don't like if it was a seven out of 10, yeah. then it still feels like it failed worse. It, than- this game, if it was a seven out of 10, I think a lot of people would just say it was a failure. Like it, you might as well write it off. I think because yeah. Naughty Dog, you expect a nine out of 10, a 10 out of 10. Like they just, they're like Rockstar. Yes. Any of the Bioware, any of those big studios that usually well, produce great stuff. Well, yeah. Bioware used to be <laughs> rest in peace Bioware. Yeah. Um, next thing I played uh, wild at heart. So this is uh, the game that Donnie and I uh, interviewed the developer of on Xbox empire last week. Um, this is a game that's being released on PC and Xbox first um, will quite possibly end up elsewhere uh, soon enough, but it's basically at its heart. Lucas, it's a Nintendo inspired kind of game. Um, I, as mm-hmm. I talked to the developer and watch a video of it, to me, it's best described as earthbound meets pikmin meets luigi's mansion now it's earthbound because of the quirky out uh, artwork and story components mm-hmm. um, artwork as donnie described i think is like very raw almost like where the wild things are esque, like the book where the wild things are um yeah. you kind of got those vibes here but the game premise is it's like a it's exploration type game not really an rpg uh, per se, but you discover these things called spritelings, which are basically Pikmin, and you utilize them and their different abilities to get through obstacles, light puzzle solving, and and combat purposes. Um, but then Luigi's Mansion kicks in, but your character has a vacuum cleaner backpack, similar to like Ghostbusters or Luigi's Mansion's um, Poltergust, and that weapon that weapon is used to help assist the spritelings in combat, suck up pieces of gear or items that you need to equip yourself with, and kind of go through. Um, now they released a demo as part of Steam's like summer of games type announcement. That. So I, I played the demo. Um, oh. Very impressive. I really like what they're doing. And it's a small team. Four people are designing this game. Holy cow. The art alone looks like it would take forever to accomplish. So that is very impressive. Yeah. Four people. Um, they're saying it's going to come in early 2021 is the goal right now. Um, coming to, to PC and Xbox first. Um, Donnie and I kind of tried to get it out of the developer, but he wouldn't budge or couldn't announce anything at this time. But I have a feeling it's going to end up on Game Pass, which I would love because I think a lot of people should play this game and hopefully the full experience is as good as the demo. But a lot of fun and we're checking out the demo, I think, is only live through Father's Day. Oh, so wow. 
if you're hearing this, you probably won't get to play it. But Lucas, <laughs> if you have time, give it a shot. I actually just clicked the uh, free download demo thingy because I'm like, this looks, this just looks sort of like that Crossing Souls where it's just something so yeah. colorful and bright that you, you almost feel like you need it right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably gonna do it. Uh, the other thing I played also a demo grounded. Um, this is obsidian's game. That's very much honey. I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this. You could preload this on, um, Xbox game pass. So. Yeah. Uh, it is a 30 minute time demo. So oh. that's how they work. This one is you can get as far or as little as, as you can in that 30 minutes. I don't know if there's any point that it would end. Um, I only played through it once and I, I used up the full time and I didn't get to any end screen. It kind of just like, was well, thank you for playing once it hit 30 minutes. Mm. Um, Pretty cool. It's it does focus a lot on crafting and collecting um, substances to do your to make your weapons and, and gear because like you're a shrunken person uh, in in like a backyard, you have to fend yourself off from ants and beetles and mites and even ladybugs, uh, spiders, which are terrifying. Oh. Um, yeah, and uh, you're armed with basically nothing, so it's a little bit of No Man's Sky esque, as in you're you're collecting stuff and you're analyzing it, and as you analyze a different substance, so if you pick up like a, a leaf or uh, a dew and you take it to certain points at like these research stations, you can put it under the telescope and no microscope, not telescope. Um, and it will allow you to analyze that substance. And then it will tell you things you can use to craft, to make it. So like, as you have like pieces of ants, if you're able, if you're able to beat the ants, you can use their, you know, exoskeletons to craft armor for yourself. Or, you know, you pick up twigs and, and different leaves. You can create spears or axes and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, to kind of help you achieve, achieve your goals. The demo kind of focuses around this device in the backyard that looks like a radio. Um, and you have to try and get it operational again. I'm, I'm guessing most likely to reach out to somebody to say, Hey, I'm tiny and I'm in the backyard. Um, I don't really know though. It doesn't get into that. It doesn't really give you the beginning story or any really story elements. It's kind of just like, Hey, play it. Um, visually, this game looks really good. A lot better than I thought it was going to look um, from the initial screens we saw uh, a couple, I think it was a couple months ago, or it was inside Xbox. I think it was revealed, and um, seems pretty promising. I, I think I like it. It's, it's. Uh, I, as I said to Donnie, it reminded me very much of Chibi Robo in gameplay wise. As in, like, hey, you have to get this to open that to get to this point, mm. and obviously tiny versus large landscape. So it was very similar to that with some crafting elements. Uh, in there but it's pretty good i think that demo goes until like the 22nd or day after father's day i think is the last day for that one too so um if you can get to it get to it um it's pretty good so i'm excited to see what happens that's going to launch into game pass so if you have game pass you'll you'll get to play it anyway that's the one that you could turn off spiders right yes yes if you have a fear i I just didn't want to because i had to see what it looked like so well heck yeah spiders are awesome i just want them to stay as far away from me as possible Amen. Uh, and the last thing I talked about before is I've gotten when I can. And as I got through these demos, uh, went back to Saints Row the Third Remastered. Yeah, dude, it's so good. dude. <laughs> I've been thinking about replaying Saints Row anyways, because it's yeah. just so much fun. It is. It's so much fun. Uh, I've, I've actually started with the DLC mm. um, because I don't remember playing that. So I've gone through um, one mission where um, there's like this nerd who reaches out to you and it turns out, so you know, like Johnny Gat dies at the beginning of Saints Row the Third. Yeah. He actually got, I forget how, but he got some of Johnny's DNA, whether it was from like a hair fall, a, you know, follicle or it was like a, a copy of touch or something like that. And he actually cloned Johnny Gat, <laughs> but it went horribly wrong. And he's basically like the Hulk. 
like completely oh, no. mindless and he's like oh johnny Gat, you know but i think i remember have, this one yeah yeah and you have to kind of like wrangle him back down and you get to actually recruit him at the end of it to your to your gang um so it's pretty fun and then i went through i think i finished this one too uh there was like a sci-fi one where you're recruited to be in a movie uh, like gangsters in space or something like that. And you're going through making a movie. So you got to do like these ridiculous stunts and blow up lots of things and fly spaceships. And at the end you recruit your co-star who was in there. Um, and then the third one is all about um, the ginky. Um, oh death. yeah. Death show, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Cool. I forget what it was called. It yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the championships of that is that storyline, which I have, I've only did like the first mission of that one too, but I basically been focusing on the DLC and then going to jump back into the story proper. But uh, the remaster is good. It runs well. Uh, it, you know, it still obviously feels like an older game as it should though. Um, but it definitely like, it feels much more this current gen, um, not like a last of us too, but it feels current gen versus, you know, last gen. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Sorry. I'm looking at the, uh, I was looking at the uh, voice actor for Johnny Gat because I'm like, he was really good and he should be in more things. He was, he was in Lost and Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget his name. Jin something is his real name. Oh, I just had it up. Nah. Yeah. But yeah, he's done, he did Hawaii Five-0. He was on Lost. Um, so yeah, he's definitely done stuff. And I, I feel like he's voiced more video game stuff too, other than the Saints Row stuff. Yeah, not a whole lot, but there was a couple other things there that I wasn't too, like I hadn't played or something. Mm. Yeah, it's just that game's just fun. It is so much fun, so much fun. Just unplug your brain and have some fun. Just do uh, it. Just do it. Well, that's enough from us. Let's hear from you, folks, and it's time to check out the messages. Message for you, sir. First one. I don't know why, but Haley wants to know how much for Kevin to eat a Blu-ray disc. That's a good question. What what would you think? What would be your estimate? Like realistically, how much to eat a Blu-ray disc? Yeah. Okay. But how? <laughs> Let me ask you. Okay, I, I need to know like how this all is going to go down. Is it powdered? Is it you? Here's a Blu-ray disc. It's up to you to figure out how to eat this thing. You know, is it cereal sized? What's going on here? That's what I was trying to th- come up with at first. I'm going to go with you literally just hand me a movie and say, eat it. And I'm not allowed to manipulate it at oh all. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> God, I would say probably at least a hundred thousand dollars. I think you're probably right. I think that would be the <laughs> low ball number. Yeah, um, be like the lowest. Cause I'm sure they're toxic. There's gotta be something. Well, um, you're, it's going to cut your insides. Well, that, so weird story let's let's do a little dlc talk here yes um gosh i want to say middle school eric that's when all boys are just stupid um i would on a dare or did on a dare this wasn't like a regular occurrence they could be once or maybe twice should never <laughs> been twice but i'm pretty sure it was uh i found out i could eat and be perfectly fine like a soda can not what I thought you were gonna say. Nope. An entire soda can. Like I, not- I wouldn't eat the whole thing, but I would be able to take bites of it and chew yeah. it and and swallow it and not end up in the hospital. I, that sounds horrible. I'm not gonna lie. That yeah. I don't want that to to do that. Yeah. I don't want you to do that. But I, I don't want to do it either, and I don't think I could anymore. So I don't think really <laughs> there's a price that would get me to do it. Although physically, I might be able to. I won't do it. I think everyone wants to know though. Did it? Did you find the piece of the? I didn't look, but I didn't have any problems that would alert me to be like, "Oh my god, what just happened?" So, so it may be lodged in you, like some kind of 
like that could be grounded too except it very well might be um, yeah it very well might be and i haven't had any like x-rays or stomach scans or anything of that nature to be like well i got these weird metal flecks inside you're like (laughs) i haven't had any procedures so i wouldn't even know it's very it could be very likely wow yeah but i mean the key really is is just chew the pieces up so they're so small that yeah but that's yeah talking about saw from earlier that just sounds like like part of that (laughs) to get to the key you have to eat this entire pop can (laughs) what (laughs) okay (laughs) <laughs> um, 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 you ate the key <laughs> oh, crap. Um, that's yeah. why that guy had to cut the guy's cut. yes he misread the room the first time ah gotcha um so yeah i don't know Haley. i don't, I don't think i would now but a hundred thousand is a good starting point at least get me to think about it <laughs> am i really gonna do this is this how far i've come yeah how low i will go now if you want me to do it on twitch we gotta start at five hundred thousand. Ooh, that's true. And you have to have like a donations thing going yep. and everything. Yep. Um, so second question we got from Takeda. Uh, with you recently reviewing The Last of Us 2, how does the crew feel about violence in video games? Is it something that enhances your connection to the characters? Is it something you cringe at but keep on, keep on keeping on? Uh, or do you find it too much? Or is it something that will make you stop playing the game? So I guess really short version of this, Lucas, is how do you feel about violence in video games? Does it help you connect does it disconnect you does it completely disgust you um usually i don't really give a second thought about it um it's more like the intention behind the violence Mm -hmm. it's like i can play mortal Kombat and have no problem i mean it's ridiculous i i love it to a certain degree um i don't think that makes anybody a violent person per se um but when it comes to like that game i talked about before hatred which is yeah pretty violent uh that it, it's more about the intention uh manhunt comes to mind too i was listening to the playstation experience and they were talking about rockstar and nobody mentioned manhunt and that made me sad because i think that could be remade mm-hmm. uh, and do well but it, it's tough because violence now is like a whole different thing f- than from when that was made um but overall it's not really something i i mind too much honestly. And I think it's a little bit hard to avoid because it's hard to make a game where you're not fighting, like literally fighting in some manner or doing some kind of um, violence, whether it be cartoon or actual. Right. I think it's a necessary thing. I'm with you there. And I think you do the same thing that I do is like any of these really violent video games. Like I don't play them in front of my five-year-old. Like that's not, they don't see that stuff. And and, I mean, realistically, I just started letting my 13 and 16 year old even see sometimes what I'm playing. So it's, it's kind of just what I've always done. It's like, okay, once they're in bed or once I'm away from them, that's why I'll engage in these more darker games. Um, I don't mind either. And kind of like I'm with you with the the intention is the big thing. Um, I will say in the case of the last of us two, um, there is a lot of violence. Uh, That is a world that violence is the only way you survive, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain points in the game that made me feel uncomfortable with what I was doing, but just like you had said, there was a story narrative reason as to what was going on. So that helped me that in that case, that actually did help me connect to the character in that regard, not just like, Oh, you know, Scorpion will rip people's heads off in mortal Kombat. I really relate to him. <laughs> not like that kind of scenario. Um, so yeah, I think if it's done right, it can enhance the experience overall, not just with the character, but just with the game and the narrative that's being done, if it's done tastefully. Yeah. Um, 
But then, like, you play, like, Doom. That's super violent. That doesn't do anything in the narrative. That's just cartoonish over the top, you know, gore. So it's like, whatever. Yeah, it's like watching a superhero or, you know, some kind of movie where it's just like, it doesn't, it's not real enough to really trigger anything in your mind. It's wrong. Uh, I agree. Um, Last question comes in from Garrett. Guys, I'm really turned off by the bulkiness of the PS5. What is your take on design and aesthetic and how much that weighs in on your console purchase? So I know you may or may not be buying a next gen console. I know something you've toyed with the idea. Yeah. Um, you've, you've seen the PS five at this point, right? What it looks like. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts? Start, start there. What do you think of the design? Um, when I first saw it, you know, it was accompanied by the hilarious photoshops and everything. Mm-hmm. The one that gets me is the router in a binder or the PS two in a binder. That, makes, yeah. that makes me laugh. Um, and like I said, anybody was going to, I mean, they're just waiting to Photoshop it. It doesn't matter what it is. Happened yep. with Series X too. Um, I kind of applauded Sony for going out of the, like designing it out of the box, kind mm-hmm. of. It wasn't just another black um, box squarish thing that was just going to sit flat with all the other things that are black and sit flat on your your um, around your TV. But you know, I wasn't. Off the bat, I wasn't aware that there were going to be two different versions where one didn't have the CD drive. That yep. doesn't really bother, bother me that much, honestly. Um, I do think it looks better without the CD drive, but it's not like... I think they did a pretty elegant way to just kind of streamline that in. It kind of reminds me of uh, a car, like the way the lines just kind of flow yeah. a little bit. Then I saw how big it was going to be, and I started to get a little bit worried because... It looks like it's only going to stand up. I don't know if that's true or not, but it looks to me like it wants to stand up. And uh, I know that is difficult when you're placing that on your entertainment stand. But overall, I I do applaud them for doing something different. And I I think we'll all make it work. It doesn't really weigh in on my purchase decision at all. The controllers probably weigh in more than... The, mm. the design of the console uh all of my stuff is downstairs in a gaming room so i don't have to worry about it fitting in with like the decor the decor of the the uh living room or anything like that so right. uh yeah overall like it i can see why people would have concerns though i will say that i i know it's not for everybody so yeah i'm the same way it's definitely not for everybody i like it um i too just think sony had they had some balls to do it to do it this way like they you know, every console kind of looks like a DVD player or a cable box or this, that like this one's like, Nope, this looks like a floor fan that, you know, your router that's giant. Like, I don't know. It's Godzilla router. Um, it doesn't affect my console purchase either. Um, it's really more about the content that and price point that gets me to decide where I'm going to go. Um, I like the discless version as well. Um, I, I don't know if it can be turned on its side. There's been a lot of people that, that have done photoshops of it on its side. Um, I, I feel like they, they would have to think that that may happen, but you're right. Like we don't know for sure. And I guess in a weird way, it could just be like, Nope, it just stands up. I don't know. I'm sure if it will, then they will have some kind of like, we ask stand where it just kind of cradles it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I dig it. I, I I like it. I like how they went for it. Um, I don't 
like you said, it doesn't really match, but all, most of my gaming stuff is downstairs as well, so I don't care if it matches. Um, and I will make room to have that. Like, my Xbox One S right now is standing up sideways next to my router. So I'm looking <laughs> at that space, and I'm like, I could just put the PS5 right there and move those two things. Like, it, it will fit right there, and it's essentially the same bulkiness, just taller, which <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't matter in its placement because it's not... I have it, like, on top of the entertainment stand next to the television. So it's not like it needs to fit in a shelf underneath. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's right here. So it could stand. It could be as tall as a TV for all I care. But yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Open so, air is good for those things. Anyways, you get all yeah, that exactly. close together. You, you're you probably cook some eggs. With, with the heat <laughs> that is true. So thank you everybody for the questions. We do appreciate it. Uh, as a reminder, you can always reach out to us on the discord. Uh, we will typically ask for questions as well, or you can reach out to us at Twitter at PSVG Kevin, and I will add you to next week's show. So thank you. But it's been a week, so Lucas, it's time to check out the news of the week. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite news outlet on the Citadel. I will let you go first, sir. Oh, thank you. Um, let's start with some serious stuff here. EA promises increased measures to combat toxicity in its games. Uh, is the headline. The teams removed over 3,500 user-generated assets deemed inappropriate and hurtful. It's not um, clear what exactly that means. I'm guessing just from games in general, whether that's uh, user content or user-created art assets or names or, mm. or whatever. But basically, they, they updated a set of guidelines for player behavior for all of its games, services, platforms, and uh, such as forums, I guess. And when I look at this, I kind of look at it and I think, is this like, shouldn't this have already been in place? Like I know every, most games and stuff and online services kind of have this thing that you read. And it's like, don't do this, don't do that. But a lot of this is more speaking of basically hate speech and um, offensive material. I'm kind of like, didn't you already have this in place? It seems like a little too late now. This almost seems like bad press to me. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like, it, so reading through the article, yeah, it's inappropriate, hurtful names and language, and generated content. You know, like because I know like NBA, I mean, well, this isn't EA, but like I, some of the sports games, you can create your own, you know, design logos and or you can yeah. write things on jerseys. Like, yeah, I, there should be certain things that are blocked out. I mean, like, come on, guys, Nintendo does that one on one. Like, you can't use certain language in any game if you tried to, or you have to find some really creative ways of making it work to get around things. Yeah. that I feel like a major publisher and EA should already have things there to, to stop that. And it, it's the right thing to do. Yes. But yeah, it's, it raises a lot of eyebrows. Like you didn't have this before. It, it strikes me as like, look at us being proactive, you know, like let's strike while the iron's hot so that people think we're doing things and, and it's good. It's just, yeah, it just seems like did, you should have had this already. And I don't know why you need to call attention to it because Really, what you're saying is you're going to ban a bunch of 13 year olds who have no yeah. uh, self awareness to not to just stop, stop saying things. Don't be silly. And uh, I mean, the the first violation too will result in short term bans. So they'll get an email explaining why they were banned, and repeat offenders could be banned permanently. So even then, they're not taking like a zero tolerance approach, or even it doesn't even sound like it's necessarily a two, you know. Uh, Two instances. Two strikes are out. Or yeah, what? it doesn't even seem like that the way the wording is. 
Um, cause it just says repeat offenders can expect to be banned permanently. So I don't like, what does that mean? Does that mean three times? Does that mean 10 times? Does that mean 50 times? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not really a fan of a zero tolerance policy, right? But it does need to be kind of specified somewhat that two strikes, three strikes you're out or whatever, because then people start combating that when they, when they're like, I tried to log on to your server and I couldn't, why is the, it does say they'll get uh, an email, but you know, yeah. it's going to be some generated content that, Oh Yeah some computer slaps together and you're just like, what? I, I don't understand. But overall it's a good move. It just kind of seems like you're jumping on the bandwagon a little bit or something. I don't know. Right. I got banned. My last name is ass face. I was just using my character. name. Bad time to take a drink. <laughs> I know that's what I was going for. I saw it. I was like opportunity. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, so let's, let's go with some bad news here. I have too as well. Um, so PS five event happened last week. Right. Last week. Yeah. Um, and one of the games shown was called Little Devil, Little Devil Inside, rather. Um, and they have already apologized. I think it was the day after the, the press conference uh, dropped uh, an apology after folks on social media pointed out some enemies, which seem to be uh, racist caricatures of black or indigenous tribal people. And, you know, like wearing the, the tribal masks and the big red lips, which we've seen. Uh, and yeah. lots of caricatures of black people, you know, old caricatures of such things. Um, so now the designer says they are, are working uh, and planning to change the design of the enemies. Um, it was pretty much a well-received um, trailer. Like people seem to be interested in the game. And then once this got pointed out and they're like, oh, well, this now isn't very cool. Like it was an instant like turn turning around. It was like, you know, dread dreadlocks the lips that they were doing the, the masks yeah. and it was really just you know they I, I get it and they're probably meant to be more like elf or, or like impish type things but you can clearly tell the the inspiration i think for the artwork and, and style they chose like even down to what appears to be like the poison dart thing in his hand like if you look at the picture of the article like you just picked it out so i'm like man this looks really really bad and this is terrible timing uh the developer said it was never their intention to create character designs referencing any real african or afro-american human tribes which that doesn't make sense afro-american human tribes what is that um they're probably freaked out and they're like ah we gotta include everybody i don't know yeah the studio does claim they have plans for fixing their mistake develop or remove the dreadlocks change the look of the lips alter the skin tone and tweak the dart blower so it is that to make them look less like a joint see i didn't even think that i thought dart blower yeah, I think they just made it worse by saying that. I don't know, maybe it's too perfect to be a joint. It looks like a tube of like PVC pipe or right. something. So I don't get that. I don't know. Okay, when I first look at this image, I don't know if I got that intent right away. Mm-hmm. I, and I think I don't. I mean, obviously, I believe them when they say that's not what they're going for. Dreadlocks is a hairstyle. I, I, but then I see the skin tone and everything. Yeah. I think it is in their best interest to change it. it it's probably the colors and stuff they use that's to me yeah. the biggest problem. I mean, it uh, is a it is a video game trope. We see this all the time, like the little enemies wearing like masks and tribal s like swarms and stuff like that. Like we see that in a lot of games. That's a common thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just a, you know number one the timing of everything that's going on right nowadays, down to their stylistic design choices to go with, and that really just makes it compounded and escalated this to be a much bigger issue i think so yeah that being said they're changing it they need to change it um 
and I don't think really anybody's gonna gonna knock them for doing it. If anything, it may help them long term to uh, acknowledge a mistake and fix it quickly. So yeah, we shall see. All right, Lucas, what else you got? Uh, hmm. Well, I don't want to sadden everybody out with another sad story. So let's go with uh, the fact that there's a new Pokemon Snap game. Yeah. To the Switch. 20 years after the original. Can you believe that? I never thought in a million years. Pokemon Snap is like a game that is, to me, a product of its time. I don't know if it's it's as uh, captivating, I guess, now. You know what I mean? Because back then, Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Snap on the 64 was kind of like this novel idea that you're taking pictures of Pokemon and like, oh, look how lifelike they are, which we would laugh at now. But and I could take them to Blockbuster Video and print out my stickers. Remember that? Like that was... Yes, that's right. Take my memory card. Um, But they're making a new one. And I, I know a lot of people are happy and excited for it. And I'm sure there's a whole generation of kids out there who are just now discovering Pokemon like my son, who will find this to be incredibly charming for them. Uh, Kevin, your take. Yeah. So and number one, I agree. I think your son will, will love it because if it's anything like the original, there's not really any way to lose the game. Yeah. Like you would go through no matter what, you just wouldn't get the highest score. You may not see all the Pokemon if you don't do certain things. So I think it's a great uh, beginner Pokemon game for sure. Pokemon Snap, Lucas, I love. I loved Pokemon oh. Snap. I did. I Because it, oh, it's, it's a weird game. So, of course, yeah. I loved it. Um, but there's a lot of memories. Me and my wife, you know, I was, I was dating my wife at the time. Um, and we would play this. Like, this was a game we go to and kind of have fun with. So, like, I have been saying for a long time I would love a new Pokemon Snap. I really thought the 3DS was going to work with that because of the cameras and just it would work well. Uh, Switch obviously continues that exact trend. So, it makes sense. Um, the one thing I'm concerned with is you're right. It's a product of its time. So, I completely agree with you there. I'm not entirely sure I will have as much fun with the sequel as I remember having with the original. I'm with you there. Yeah. But I'm totally willing to try. However, this is where Cheapskate Kevin comes out. This really can't be a $60 game. Now, they didn't say it was, so I, I'm just that's I'm just putting that out there now. Like this needs to be a $30 or $40 game and I think it'd be fine. Because yeah. this is not like the original Pokémon Snap wasn't even like you could do the whole thing in an hour. Yeah. It's, like the, I mean, they weren't long levels, right? Yeah. So, yes, it had a lot of replayability, which was good. But, I mean, this, unless it's a massive game, which we don't know. We've only seen a little trailer. Um, but if it's really going to be a continuation of the same thing in spirit, just updated, you know, new Pokemon, new graphics, you know, maybe some new mechanics. It's still just going to be on the rails. Go through, take photos, try and get the best pictures possible, get your score. I don't think that would fly. I shouldn't say fly. Of course it will fly. I don't think it will sell that well at that price point. But that Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, that didn't come out at $60 either. And that was a remaster, reimagining of an old game as well. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying there's a chance. And I like the odds, actually, that it won't be a $60 game. Um, but yeah, I'm all for it. But it, it's a weird flex by Nintendo to be like, hey, you guys asked for that, which, I mean, over the years, I definitely have. But I, I don't know. I felt at this point I was beyond it. Like, it's been a long time. <laughs> but it could be cool, and uh, it'll just be fun to see. I don't like the name, though. I don't get why it's just called New Pokemon Snap. 20 years, there's a whole new generation of kids that never played the original Pokemon Snap, so just call it Pokemon Snap. Yeah, I mean, 
it's basically a re uh reboot of the whole series well and you got to think about it how many poke how many more pokemon do they oh, have now god so it's got to be longer unless they're literally just breaking well they're they're only going to cherry pick the best ones because even in the original Pokemon Snap, not all the original Pokemon were even in it. That's so true. That's they cherry true. pick the iconic ones, some weird ones that people might be surprised to see or, you know, completely hidden. Like the legendaries were hidden in that game. And like you had to do a whole bunch of certain things in a certain order to make them appear. Um, so there'll be some of that too, but they're not going to try and cram all the Pokemon in this game. They'll pick, you know, fan favorites throughout the generations. I bet like all the starters for most of the games will be there. The more memorable ones will be there. But yeah. It's a cool thing Nintendo announced. Like, I, I was given, and I got a lot of flack for it uh, in the Nintendo Shack chat earlier today. Today, as we're recording it, when they were asking for questions, I kind of called them out for not answering my question from the previous week, which was, you know, PlayStation 5 unveiled and they announced a whole bunch of first party games. Microsoft announcing a whole bunch of first party games. Nintendo, crickets. <laughs> and the rebuttal was, well, we're getting Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC. I'm like, yeah, DLC. Like Animal Crossing still has new content coming out. I'm like, yeah, DLC. It's not a new game. I was like, and so many people dropped Animal Crossing like a bad habit. It sold gangbusters. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. But so many people have dropped off it or say, like, oh, I only play once a week now, or I I haven't played in three weeks. Like it's so that's not I, I want it to be supported for a long time, but I've been really disappointed with all the events that they've had thus far anyway. Like they're not getting me excited to go back and play. I'm still just playing because now it's summer so it's a different type of experience but yeah a lot of casual players are not going to do that um so i was really hoping to tend to announce some new stuff and yep this is new so this is something which actually didn't come up in the argument which i thought was funny um that this is something new and we got a paper mario coming out in a month but other than that we don't know what nintendo is doing so it's good that they're at least unveiling something uh but this right now is just identified as soon yeah that could mean anything right now i mean yeah I don't know. I I don't know if I'll be there day one. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean that's this is like a library rental for me. So yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think if you can rent it, by all means, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll get to review it and I'll pay for it all. That'd be great. <laughs> um, I'm happy but... for all the people. I know this gives a, a lot of people warm fuzzies. So really, I'm yeah. just happy for those people because whenever anything gets resurrected like this, it's it's pretty cool. But yeah. I agree. Um, Lucas. Yeah. Do you like Mortal Kombat? I love Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I love it. You, I, you have to, yeah. Um, do you that like plays Batman? every time I get in the car, actually. <laughs> it's really hard to drive the speed limit when that's going on. It is. Uh, do you like the, the man of bat Batman? Uh, yes. I am partial to the man bat Batman. Okay. So you can buy Warner Brothers Interactive if you want, because they're apparently up for sale. <sighs> well, I'll have to uh, check my wallet. I, I, I have a feeling they're not going for as much as what's in my bank account. <laughs> you don't have four billion? Not last I checked. Oh. I don't even have four billion bells. So, Huh. Interesting. So, yeah. Warner Brothers Interactive, which is the owner of Rocksteady Games, who created Batman, yeah. Netherrealm, of course, and Mortal Kombat. It's up for sale. AT&T acquired Time Warner as a whole, so not W games, just time water for wow. 109 billion in 2018. If you're a goodness gracious. Yes. And currently it has around 165 billion in debt. <laughs> so solid investment Time to AT&T. start selling. Yeah. What happened with Harry Potter guys like that, that dried up, you bought 
you bought Warner Brothers at a bad time. Um, so investors have recently called for Warner to sell off many of its non-core assets. So this is up for sale. Now, it is worth noting that the IP is not part of the deal, but they would offer the licenses. So they're selling the game companies, but not the IP such as Harry Potter, Batman, uh, those types of things that Warner Brothers uh, owns. Well, that makes sense because that would be really divvying up properties and licenses and everything. And I don't even know how that would work because it seems yeah. like that would have to be all new contracts and everything. Just a lot of paperwork. So I and guess we be don't more blame money. them there. Right. So if somebody yeah. buys, so if somebody agrees and buys them for four billion, they still would need to pay more to actually use what the companies are famous for. Not another yeah. realm. I'm pretty sure Mortal Kombat is. I think they own that. Like that's not that would go as part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, but everything else would be outside the window. Like, so uh, scribble knots would be like the other thing, but like Warner brothers owns, you know, telltale game, uh, TT games, which has the Lego monolith, which has the, the, um, shoot Lord of the Rings games. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these are all licenses. These are all profitable licenses, but they're not, they're not on the table. So which makes me think it's weird. So because they're currently working on stuff, we know that they have stuff. Yeah. We know that there's that Harry Potter game that was shown, like that that trailer that leaked like last year that looked amazing. Whether or not mm-hmm. that's what the game looks like, who knows? But a, a legit Harry Potter game would be huge, you know, regardless of what anybody thinks. Like I think that would be a gangbuster seller. You know, whatever is next from Rocksteady, it's been heavily rumored that there's a new Batman game. Yeah. Um, like that stuff, I don't know, would that still continue or is that like gone? Yeah, that's just wondering to me. Does that happen? No way. No. But then, yeah, how do you keep working on something that isn't? There's got to be something that says this has to be out the door before. Maybe, or they just they they will make all the money on it. You don't make any of the money off this project while they finish it or something like that. Or they'll pay a portion to finish up the work and then release the game, but they take the profit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, rumors are that Take Two, Electronic Arts, and Activision have expressed interest in buying the division. But well, no yeah. deal is assured or, or imminent, of course. And EA did their state of state of play and or EA play, or whatever it was called, not state of play. Um, some people thought like if it was going to be announced, it was going to be like the last thing in that presentation. And spoilers, that didn't happen. So uh, no deal has been met yet. But it's an interesting thing with a lot. I feel like a lot on the table. It is. It is. And I mean, these are proven uh, companies that can clearly pump out games. I mean, TT Games, there's a Lego game. like, But they all do well. There wouldn't be a reason not to buy them. So they're going to get picked up. Um, what- but that's, that's the thing. So, And Donnie brought this up as we talked a little about it briefly. You know, like, oh, I, I, tr- I trust Rocksteady completely. And I'm like, okay, but they've literally only made Batman games. They did one other game before Batman. Uh, TT Games, yes, Lego. Lego's a license. That's not going with them. Yeah, the license. So they have a formula as far as here is the style of game. And I suppose you could slap on something else over it and it would still be considered a good game. But like the Lego games, I think are fun because of the charm of Lego. I don't feel like if you had an original IP that you just slapped on there and it played the same way, I'd like it as much. That's true. And same thing for Rocksteady. Like, yes, you, it would probably be a great game in monolith with the, with the shadow of war games. Like that's a good formula. We know that. 
But I think the reason it gets the attention is because of the IP. If you don't have that IP, yes, it could still be a solid and good game, but it is not going to sell as much. It just won't. It'll be like those Warhammer games that keep coming out for somebody. I don't know who, but they sell, but not as well as yep. a Lord of the Rings game or something. Yep. Yeah, so that's- unless, unless the studio picks them up that has their own IP and that are ready to give them. Like, yeah. I mean, like EA has some stuff. But it's like, you know, if you take EA and you give them, so let's say EA bought them, uh, you give TT Games the Sims. Maybe they could do something with the Sims style. Not not like the actual yeah. simulator, but you can use that license and maybe do something. Like they had, uh, shoot, what was it, My Sims, like years and years ago, where it was more yeah. like a, a Minecraft-esque almost type game. Yeah. Maybe they could do something like that. Like but a you, Lego house builder type deal or something like that. Right. But you can't, like Activision Blizzard isn't going to give Diablo to Rocksteady. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. Are these all like, are they not going to split them up? Because I could see them going independently to different places that, so that they haven't said that I've only heard it talked about as a bundle, but you're right. I don't see what would stop them. If it came down to it saying, okay, we'll sell TT games for a, a 1 billion or something like that. But rock, but our rock steady's 2 billion, you know, maybe they could do something like that. Um, I mean, NetherRealm does just Mortal Kombat and, and Injustice, which they yeah. wouldn't be able to do Injustice because that license would be gone. Oof. That's, yeah, that's rough. Um, that, yeah, that makes me worry for the, the future of some of those games. Like, we'll never get another Middle Earth game then. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's tough. And, like, I don't understand. Well, Activ- I forget it's Activision Blizzard now. Because yeah. I'm like, what does Blizzard have anything to do with, like, why would they want any of this? They're just going to swallow these companies and say, all right, you work for us now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that could happen, too. Like, these studios may not even exist as studios. They just take them and take all the employees or whatever. But, I mean, there's nothing stopping employees from leaving or saying, I'm not going. EA doesn't need to buy more studios. We all know what happens when they buy studios. Yeah. So, please don't. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, but I mean, it is a lot of money and not many studios, I think, would be willing to not many publishers right now be willing to jump on that. The interesting thing I brought up was the power move would be as if Microsoft did that, because that would I mean, they've been buying people up anyway. Yeah, this would be a massive one with or without the licensing, but they would have the money to do it probably more so than anybody else, because, you know, while Xbox may not always pull in the most amount of money, Microsoft has basically a blank checkbook. And they believe in the brand, so they support everything Xbox has been doing. So that's a good point. They could probably work out deals for the IPs in some fashion as well. I think and the 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 um, the licensing deals and stuff. It would take a while, yeah. I'm sure, but they could probably unknot that that. Right. Rest. I mean, if 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 Sony has Spider Man, why why can't Microsoft have Batman? I'm digging that. I like that a lot, actually. So, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It is interesting. I, I'll try to keep my eyes on on this because there's a lot of stuff I like yep. that are that's on the table here and possibly going away. Right. Also, what is wrong with Warner Brothers? Do they not know what to do with their things? Like they have all these very popular properties yet they're not making money or something. I, I don't understand. Well, I mean, AT and T owns them now, so they really don't even exist. But yeah, I don't. I don't. You're right. I don't know because how much money do they make off Harry Potter? And then you know. I mean, they're still making some movies, I guess, but they're not doing things very wisely. Like there, there should be a Harry Potter game like every year because the Harry Potter nuts would buy it. Like, like it, do, it doesn't even need to be great. Like all we got was like 
some of the crappy movie tie-in games when that was a thing, which they didn't even do one for every movie. So, so they didn't even have that. They couldn't um, even, they couldn't even do one for every movie and actually make a commitment. Right. And they were, they were like, I played some of them. They were, they were bad. Um, but then like you had Lego Harry Potter. So you mashed up two of your licenses and put it out one thing, Lego and Harry Potter, um, which they've done those, but there really hasn't been a proper, like decent, really good game for them. And that's, that's like a no brainer license. But I mean, you think about it, Marvel sat on the shelf for a long time, too, as far as gaming was concerned. So and now it's just coming up to, to start having games on the regular. That's true. Wow. What else you got? Lastly, uh, some sad, but maybe not surprising news. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed again. Yep. Uh, citing that they need more time. CD Projekt needs more time to balance and polish the game, which for some reason I always read as polish the game. Uh, sure. I'm, aren't they Polish too? So that would make sense. How many Polish people does it take to make cyberpunk? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, which will now come in November. Uh, what was it originally scheduled for September? Oh, is what God, it was? No, it was, it was originally like March. Oh, like this, yeah, this has been delayed. I think four times now that they've given that. dates for. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes me think why even bother announcing it that soon. I know you got to for marketing reasons and whatever, and we've talked about this game a lot, but do you really have to give such a, like a release date that I don't know how you thought you were going to make it. If it's going to take you almost an entire year to get Pat to go beyond your original release date to get the game out. And that's, that's my point. I brought that up in discord and again, got completely plastered for it was I, you know, you can announce the game, but if you had no chance in hell of hitting your original launch date, why did you give a date? Just say it's coming 2020. Yeah. Like you wouldn't have to explain this. Everyone would have been fine. So it was originally set for April 16th, then September 17th, and now November 19th. So April, even or Yeah. So they they were saying we'll be done by April. And now you're saying November. Like that is a huge like you were not on track to do it. Yes, COVID-19 might have sold things. Like, I get it, but not before April. Not right. Before, like, if you were releasing April 16, you would have been done by yep. like mid March before this all really hit. And yeah, that's games printed to CDs or gone gold or whatever yep. Yep. and everything. So now, September to November, I get that may be an effect of what they've had to deal with since then, but they clearly were way off base to try and hit that April 16th date. And you can say polishes that like I, I get it. That's fine. It's just like, man, I'm just disappointed with the constant delays of stuff that we thought were coming if we didn't know it was coming definitively I, you can't get that mad about it uh, you know xbox said well no no no, we didn't cancel or postpone a june event we never said one was officially coming but it was really heavily rumored that they were doing it but you can't delay what was never announced so if you announce the game and just say you know coming 2020 then you don't have to worry about whether it's april september or november like it's just like whatever but another studio does this and the quarters one quarter two quarters three. right Another studio would do this and the internet would light them on fire. But because it's CD project red, like, I don't know. It's good. We're okay. It's I, like, I don't want to give them that pass. I'm dude. sorry. I think they just, I mean, I don't know what goes into trying to figure out and announce like a, a release date and announce that and everything. But I think they just need to be a little bit more guarded about this stuff because mm -hmm. like right now is really not the time for, it'd be one thing if this was like one of three games getting delayed, but like, like you said, everything's getting delayed. And then the more you see this, the more you're just like, ugh, it's not going to make me not buy the game. I've already right. ordered it, but yep. it is getting a little bit like, 
kind of just, you know, I'm kicking rocks here going, oh, man. Okay, so well, what, you know. Yeah. And I think I this is the other part that I think is a little suspicious is so September, you know, you're looking at the launch window of next gen. That's true. So in back of my head, I'm like, well, are they just doing this so they don't have to like I it's gonna be released on this gen. You can't have taken pre-orders for an Xbox One version and it say, Oh, it's not coming, it's just gonna be on Series X. Like that would be a huge misstep. Yeah. But I'm thinking they realized it was it would be kind of dumb to release the game and it's on the last gen console, but there wasn't a version on the next gen. So I have a feeling all the, they they are trying to get all the enhances, whether it's smart delivery, which, uh, you know, Xbox is pretty much guaranteed that that's going to happen for this game. And Sony saying it's up to the developers and publishers. If they want to do that, I think CD project red will do that. Mm -hmm. But I think that this delay is specifically so that they can say whether you buy it, no matter what console you buy it for, it's there and it's at the best quality it can be on the hardware. Not you buy it in September, and when you get your new console in November, you can keep playing it with the better experience. I think they want to just have people start right away and say, okay, I'm playing it on next gen or I'm playing it on this gen, and just go. And and have that GTA 5 effect where it just keeps coming out for yes. every mobile platform or wait a year and then you finally get it. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, the reasoning behind it is all fine. I'm fine with it's just not the news I needed to read right now. Yeah, it's just disappointing. And uh, and uh, to be clear, I would be disappointed with any major game having this. It's not like I'm picking out Cyberpunk because I, too, am excited to play for this. And that might be why it stings a little bit more. But it's just like, man, everything is getting delayed. Like, what do we have? Like, yes, you can say next gen's coming, Kevin, get over it. But it's like, but what do we have to look forward to right now? Like, there's really nothing. It really, I think making like next gen coming makes it even worse in a way because yeah. it's kind of like this weird drought where there's, it's almost making me think why buy anything until next gen comes yeah. out, you know, like if, why if for? And if you can't adapt and be an early adapter to the next gen, then you're even worse off because you're like, well, I, I just have a backlog, which we all backlog. So that's a good thing. But it's just like. I have nothing new to look forward to. Like the, the only big games that are like coming out anytime soon is, you know, Ghost of Tsushima's next, next month for, uh, for Sony. And then the next paper Mario, uh, which give or take, depending on the person would care is out next month for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else. Like this was the next game for everybody. And now it's not like November. It's a dark time <laughs> to be a game no, what, what, November 19th. That's a great time to be buying gifts for yourself because it's not like you have Christmas coming up or anything. Like my wife says, all right, stop buying video games because yeah. I need gift ideas. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I won't be playing this day one, but I already told her, I said, I pre-ordered this. So it ain't my fault. If this comes out on Christmas day, and then you don't buy those games, but still nobody gets you those games for Christmas or anything anyway. So you still didn't get them in the first place because exactly. that happened. Yes. And then they're like, we don't do Steam gift cards because we don't do gift cards. And you're like, fine, fine. Just get me whatever garbage. Oh, so like, give, you know, do, make an Amazon wish list of what you want. And she's like, these are all video games. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> exactly. This is just a link to Steam gift cards. Yep. yep. Sure. Is. I have a problem. I'm aware of it. <laughs> I don't want you spending $50 on a game, dear. In two weeks after, it'll be two bucks. It'll be in a humble bundle. Just give me the currency so I can buy it. exactly that's what i'm planning on doing you don't understand how far this 50 dollars is gonna go in three months from now (laughs) i could buy one game or i can buy 75 via a humble bundle exactly exactly 
them I already have, but you know, whatever. Um, all right, last story because we're running a little bit long here. Uh, this is you know breaking as we're recording this. EA play just ended, um, so we're going to talk briefly, quickly about what was announced or what wasn't announced really um, at this event. Uh, internet is kind of tearing it apart. There are some things that people are excited for, but overall, there's been some polling as to you know if this was an E3 presentation, what would you give it? And something like 46 percent are currently saying a D or lower. Oh wow, people are bashing this. Um, but you know, it's it's news, so it's something we talk about. Just like I want something to look forward to, this is something to look forward to in some cases. Uh, skate is coming back eventually. Um, they have a long way to go. It's just the beginning. Um, lots of comments about you know how they're literally just going, but they wanted to say that they're working on skate, which makes me think twenty twenty one. If you're lucky, kid, like if you're interested in skate, I don't feel too many people cared about this game that much. Like I remember seeing that. What's that? Haley that well I don't remember too many people talking about it but I do remember a lot of talk leading up to the game about how realistic it would be and all yeah. and that type of thing you know it wasn't going to be Tony Hawk pro skater uh and then I don't I feel like I personally didn't hear anything about it so I'm, I'm with you it's I don't think it's it's not a triple a huge announcement I think for most people especially considering Tony Hawk is coming back anyway. Like it actually would have been terrible if they announced skate was coming out this year. I feel like, because if you put those two, those two head to head and it's a good Tony Hawk game, not like the last one they did yeah. that it would be a bloodbath, but yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, Apex legends is still a thing. Uh, it's coming to switch this fall with cross play uh, as well as steam, which is interesting. Huh? I wonder what, the, why the decision to go to steam. Yeah. Well, EA did a lot of announcements of Steam uh, throughout this conference, which I didn't really get into, but a bunch of games are coming to Steam now, which you still have to use Origin through Steam and that whole you know debacle. But yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter to them if you buy it there and then it just launches Origin anyway. So Exactly. So, um, But yeah, all of them will be able to play cross-play Battle Royales together, which I, I mean, we all thought this was happening and people have been begging for this to come to Switch and I, I knew it would eventually. I don't see how this is going to run well on Switch. I really don't. So the fact that if if this is cross-play with Switch and like Xbox One, why bother? Like Fortnite stopped doing that because the the matchmaking was terrible. Like Switch players were getting mauled because of like pop-ins and stuff like that. Like it just doesn't run as well. Apex is a is a lot faster gameplay-wise than like Fortnite is. So I and it, you know, dependent on people's Wi-Fi, your teammates, and the internet and the Switch is not great. So I've really I get why they had to do it, but I don't see this being an enjoyable experience, much like I don't enjoy Fortnite on Nintendo Switch. It's like for those people who this is their only possible way of playing Apex Legends, but for everybody else, I feel like unless you just want to have a casual match and you're on the go or something, uh, yeah, you're going to be playing it elsewhere than the Switch. Um, Star Wars Squadrons, which was you know leaked earlier, uh, was we saw some gameplay. Um, the definitive Star Wars pilot experience they're claiming uh, will have a single player story mode that lets you play as a few different pilots in a few different scenarios, uh, flying for both the Empire and New Republic in a story just after Return of the Jedi. It'll have 5v5 multiplayer, eight different ships will be available, cross play between consoles and PC, and also between flat screen play and VR as well, with the whole game being playable in VR, which is kind of awesome. Coming October 2nd. I was I wasn't expecting to be pumped for this. I actually just watched the trailer. Well, this trailer. Um, I didn't get to the other one. I didn't know about the VR thing, but I was surprisingly more pumped than I thought I would be for this game. And then I heard about the VR, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, 
this is awesome. I don't know. The gameplay looks really good. I am kind of excited about just how it feels more like a flight simula a space flight simulation than yeah. I expected it to from an EA uh, from from EA specifically. Yeah. Just I don't know. It feels less arcadey and more um, simulation. But there's also I don't know the way that the ships fly and everything. I was watching like in the Tie Fighters the way they can whip around and do these weird like break U turn. <laughs> it's yeah. like a flying handbrake turn or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It looks good. It looks very uh, action packed and just everything I would want from from this type of game. So yeah, I'm pumped for it. Way more than I thought it would be. Right, right. Um, the third game from Hazel Light, who made a No Way Out, is called It Takes Two. Um, there's a weird video segment here that goes on for like three minutes <laughs> of the guy talking, but they like don't show the game at any point, which I thought was. Kind I of- like his attitude clearly. Yeah. We're all about yeah. no holds barred attitude. Yeah. You right. see like screenshots and that's like it of the game, which I'm I, like, I don't know if I like this guy personally. <laughs> like no, he, he like, seems kind of like a douche. <laughs> yeah. I don't like any braggarts anyway. And he seemed very like, he reminds me of uh, Peter Molyneux a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Over promising anything. It's just other than like, it's going to be the experience, like saying things like no one's ever played a game like this makes mm-hmm. me instantly dubious of what you're claiming. So yeah. like, I mean, I, I played a way out with Donnie. We didn't play the whole thing. I think we played like halfway through it and it was okay, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. Like it was, it was okay, but he's claiming this is a co-op action adventure platformer that will blow your effing mind away. Yeah. He said that. Yep. That was the thing coming out in 2021. If you care uh, next one, this one uh, in the chat was actually calling out Kevin game and I didn't know what it was. And I went and watched it after it. And I will say, yes, Kevin game all the way. It's called Lost and Random. It's a new game from Zoink, um, which I reviewed. Um, oh, what was it? Flipping Death was from Zoink as well. Okay. Um, so this is in a world where randomness is feared and shunned. A little girl befriends a little anthropomorphic die named Dicey. And it's kind of like an action RPG. Uh, I don't want to say Zelda-esque, but I mean like the way it seems to play. It's like a Zelda type game, like a hack and slash running around environment. But here's why it's a Kevin game. Number one, it's weird that the person, you know, befriends a die. But, dude, if Tim Burton made a video game, this is it. Yeah, that's for sure. This art style and everything, I am like, I am all in. This is basically Claymation, the game. Uh, I think it looks absolutely incredible. Um, So I am really, really psyched for this one. I think out of anything that was shown, uh, I think this was my favorite uh, announcement coming out of it. So coming 2021 as well. I actually think it looks really cool as well. And uh, I I didn't know what it was as I was watching that video. You sent me this link and I was watching it and this was like where I had gotten to. And uh, it definitely, definitely looks intriguing. And uh, it kind of reminds me of that game, that side scrolling game where you played the kid in the little yellow poncho thing. Oh, um, little nightmares. Nightmares. Yep. Uh, but more expanded because obviously there's more action and everything, but yeah, just heavy on the, uh, on the atmosphere and just really looks very stylish. So hopefully there's some gameplay and some story there to kind of match that. Right. Right. Um, seven EA games are coming over to switch over the next 12 months. Uh, this includes apex legends that we mentioned before and, uh, already released by the time you hear this burnout paradise. Uh, being ported over to Switch too, so it looks like EA is tapping the well and going back to some older games and putting them over to Switch, which is you know 
a good move considering they're not really they haven't really been switch focused so yeah it is kind of funny how they seem to change their mind on that but in this case i don't mind that as much i think it's actually a good good move you get some older games that'll play well on the switch and uh you know enough time has passed i don't know what all of them are but I would imagine enough times passed that it would be worth it to check it out again. So yeah, I think so because they can't really use anything newer because of Frostbite. Like that's the reason why they can't get stuff on Switches because Frostbite. They really have to re-engineer it, which doesn't work on newer platforms. Oh, that's true. But that's why they can't tap the well on the newer stuff. But nothing stopping them going from the old one, putting a little polish on it, and putting it over on Switch. People buy it. Yeah, a little Polish, a little Polish, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> this next thing, it's not really a huge thing. They're they're previously announced game Rocket Arena. Um, is coming very soon, as they say. Uh, basically, there was a beta for this uh, last year, and it was a first-person shooter, but now it's been completely overhauled into third-person, which is kind of a weird, hmm. massive change, but it's coming soon. Uh, July 14th, PS4, Xbox One, Origin, Steam with crossplay. July 14th, not on Switch, just so people know. We're definitely um, have enough arena shooters. Right. And then Criterion, Bioware, DICE, and EA Motive are making next-gen console games. They're not saying what. But they're just saying, "Hey, we're working on stuff." Here's no a picture. Draw. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> no, we have these studios. They're not doing anything right now. It's kind of like when they announced that uh, Elder Scrolls game with a picture, and it was just like, "Yeah, this is coming." It's yep. not named. It's not. You don't know anything about it, but it's here seen it for years. Yep. Cool. That that uh, I think that's what makes people so frustrated. Is like, yeah, we know that already. That's obvious. We don't think they're just sitting on their hands doing nothing. Yeah, like we know at all times a Mario game is being developed. Yeah. Like that is a guarantee. There's a Pokemon game, there's a Mario game being developed at all times. So you don't need to tell give me. A little bit more. Give me, give me more. Give me more. Okay. I'm sorry. For that. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm you with were jamming. I saw. I saw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we went long. What do you say we wrap things up? Yeah. Uh, that sounds good to me. I know. Word, word. Where can people find? What'd you say? I love talking about video games. We do. We do. And there's a lot to talk about. It's been two weeks. You get it. You get a Not quite a double episode, but you got longer because we felt bad. We didn't feel yeah. bad. We just want to talk to you drought too, man. We, we were talking on those last few episodes. It was like, it wasn't much to talk about. So and we were uh, talking about the turtle getting stuck in the car windshield. That's how bad it was. <laughs> it was a dark time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at heavy metal underscore riff. Same on Instagram, Facebook, probably. I don't know. Uh, and I'm on the discords. I like to talk on the discord. Sometimes, uh, you can find me in the PSVGs and on flux to post that podcast as well, where we do a little bit of games, but sprinkle in, I don't know, a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything. It's like a pie that just, you know, you don't know if you want fruits, vegetables, meat. It's like a garbage plate. It's like a, no, no, the chicken pot pie of podcasting. Okay, Chicken Pot Pie Podcast. All right, fair enough. Uh, you can find me at PSVG Kevin on basically everything on Earth. Um, you can follow uh, the network at PSVG on Twitter. Head over to the website, psvg.blog, to find links to all the great stuff, including our Discord. Come chat with us, as Lucas mentioned, um, as well as you can check out the Patreon if you want to support this show and all of the others that are on the network. We'd appreciate it. But most importantly, as always, boys and girls, we ask that you never stop buying Warner Brothers games. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. 
The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.